Hello, ladies and gentlemen out there in the IoT. I am your host, Ken Briota, here on Real World IoT, powered by 151 Advisors, a podcast where we strip the veneer off of uh, the marketing speak, dig into the meat of the IoT, and talk about real issues facing the industry in uh, real ways. We're, uh, we're going to leave you with some actionable intelligence and some real strategy to go back to your company and, and figure out how to make a little more money. Hope. I'm very excited today to have as my guest, Dennis Heyman of Mobilist. Dennis, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Ken, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure talking to you again. Yeah, yeah. I, I know we, uh, we've spoken before, and uh, it's always a, always a pleasure to have you. In case folks aren't familiar uh, with you or, or with uh, your work at uh, Mobilisk, why don't you give us a little background in, on, on what your day-to-day is like? Yeah, sure, Ken. It's, um, thanks. Um, what we do at Mobilisk is uh, we are really helping to power this transition that's taking place in the marketplace now in uh, enterprise mobility, but specifically in taking off-the-shelf, you know, commercial off-the-shelf products and equipping them with the right peripherals and sensors uh, from an IoT perspective to make them really tailorable into use cases for industrial use cases. And so that's what we do. I mean, we basically, you know, take off-the-shelf iOS, Android devices, work with uh, some key partners such as Otterbox and HP and um, create solutions around that, primarily for field services and uh, a variety of other kind of industrial use cases. So where I'd like to start uh, today, I think, is uh, an important topic. I've talked about it a little bit on and off over the last couple of years. You and I have spoken about it before, uh, Dennis, and it's the off-the-shelf dilemma um, or uh, uh, commercial off-the-shelf, COTS, in uh, for use in enterprise. Um, I've sort of gone on both sides of this issue, personally, uh, where uh, sometimes I think that, especially in the early stages, off-the-shelf can be really helpful uh, for enterprise folks, but that generally speaking, every IoT solution is unique, and so it's hard to use off-the-shelf uh, sometimes when you're, uh, when you're trying to build for your particular needs. Um, where are you on, on this sort of back and forth these days? Well, uh, of course, you know, the, the company is really focused on taking off-the-shelf solutions and tailoring them into the variety of use cases that, that you touched upon. Uh, but, but just to be clear, I mean, uh, I think there's definitely a, a space for custom-built, purpose-built devices as well. I mean, so, you know, there's some great companies out there, you know, Zebra, Panasonic, that make great products, and, and we actually partner with them as well. So it's not like, it's necessarily you know, one, completely one versus the other. Um, our, our belief is that, um, however, those, you know, the custom build approach carries with it a lot of baggage in terms of the cost and um, the requirements and sophistication of the, of, the, of the organization to really deploy those kinds of things. Uh, and so because of that, a lot of the, the customers we end up dealing with um, haven't really deployed much of anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so commercial off-the-shelf, uh, we, we find the main benefits are the following. First of all, it allows a very, you know, uh, advantageous introductory price point if you're kind sure. of talking a CapEx model. Um, secondly, it provides a number of different business model alternatives, uh, including, um, you know, bring your own device or choose your own device, uh, you know, and, and allows that kind of capability and 
creating uh, deployments that are very recurring revenue based or, you know, or OPEX based as opposed to being so CAPEX focused. But thirdly, the other thing that we're, we're seeing more and more is that it's also good for employee retention that, um, you know, typically, you know, users of these devices like using something that they're already familiar with, you know, with an OS that they're familiar with, and a blend sometimes of, you know, uh, personalized kinds of UIs, personalized kinds of applications, in addition to the business applications that they're using when they're on the job. So, uh, so that seems especially for this millennial kind of generation as they, you know, filter into the field services kind of uh, work uh, place and so forth, that that's, that's a benefit. And I see people using it for employee retention and, and recruitment as well. The, the cost uh, factor, of course, uh, I've I've talked about before with you and and with other folks and there's certainly advantages from mm-hmm. that end in using in using COTS uh uh hardware and and software too. I hadn't considered the sort of employee uh retention and and satisfaction angle on this. It's it's an interesting interesting thought is is sort of one of the big problems that the IoT has like all computing solutions have is the uh, human error element, it, especially in terms of security and, and you know sort of the the social engineering hack that kind of thing. Um, do you find that folks are less likely to be susceptible to that or to make mistakes when they're more familiar with the equipment because it's their sort of off the shelf familiarity? I, I do. I mean, I find that you know people you know kind of know how to navigate you know, a base Android device or a base iOS device, and, you know, that just creates a sense of familiarity and comfort from the get-go. But also, they just tend to take better care of the device. I mean, they, you know, they, they have an appreciation for it, and uh, especially if it's in a mixed kind of environment to where they use some personal things as well on it, they just take better care of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not, you know, some, you know, esoteric kind of third-party device. It's something that they develop a personal affinity for. Um, that, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. It's an angle on the, the discussion I hadn't, um, really considered before. And it lends itself to the idea of sort of, uh, a workforce optimization and, and mobility in the enterprise and, and how IOT contributes to, to that part of the sort of employee culture, um, which I don't think is very well explored sort of, I don't think people think of IoT in that way, um, mm-hmm. gen- generally speaking. Have you have you had that conversation a lot with, with enterprise-level folks and sort of how uh, connected devices, especially sort of the bring-your-own-device and stuff, can be an advantage? Because it's almost always talked about as a disadvantage. Oh, big security holes, big problems, nothing's universal, et cetera. Have you had the conversations from the other side where it's more positive? Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, the, the way that we implement that is, you know, literally by a form of modules that connect to standard OtterBox cases that fit the variety, the most popular iOS and Android devices on the planet. And, uh, and what those modules do is they, you know, have a variety of peripherals that can be added or not added, and then up to seven various IoT sensors uh, actually embedded in the module itself. And what, what those sensors do is a variety of things from, you know, understanding the device health 
to employee safety and security, to understanding true workflow kinds of data that help you know, uh, optimize the workflow for that employee throughout the, the course of their day. So, you know, I mean, you talk like somebody, you know, in, in field services or whatever it is, if it's in um, uh, con construction or concrete pumping or HVAC repair or whatever, bottom line is those people want to get home at the end of the day. <laughs> and, sure. And so you know, these are kinds of things that allow them to optimize, you know, kind of the, the course of their day that not only, you know, just taking into account the basic, uh, you know, route optimization stuff where a lot of investments have taken place in, in those industries, but but in the last mile to, you know, get them on the job, you know, in the face of a customer and be productive to solve the problem the first time without repeat visits, without incorrect data, with real-time information so that they can be successful and move on. And yeah. that's basically what it does. And does so this, the whole host of advantages come out of that. Uh, does this approach sort of contribute to a lot of workers, a lot of the sort of uh, uh, literature around work, workplace sort of satisfaction and, and workforce management is around remote working and, and that kind of thing. Does this sort of facilitate that if you've got, you know, uh, facilities all around the country or around the world, uh, keeping in touch with those employees easier via an IoT sort of uh, off-the-shelf system? For, for mobility allow them to be more in touch when they're working remotely? Because I know a lot of enterprises worry Absolutely. about remote it allows, them, it, it, it allows them to be in touch on a number of levels. It allows them to be in touch with, you know, remote help desks and so forth, you know, that's part of the infrastructure for a field service, services organization. Um, but it also allows them to be in touch with all the plethora of data that exists around a particular piece of equipment, a, with a particular customer, because uh, none of these people want to show up on a site and uh, be embarrassed or you know be unsuccessful. That's that's not a good situation for someone to be in with an unhappy customer and an unsuccessful kind of visit. So right. so this enables them, you know, by capturing real time data, you know, either environmental data or you know scanned data like you know asset ID tags. You know, the list goes on and on. You know, to where they're really well prepared when they go in there to be able to uh, diagnose the issues as quickly as possible, rely upon experts if they need to, and then solve the problem. Yeah. And then, you know, so they, you know, they're not exposed. They have a happy customer, and they have a happy visit, and they can go on to their next, next job, and, you know, they're not waste, you know, wasting time in delays or unproductive time. Um, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. However... Here on uh, Real World IoT, uh, we absolutely cannot let it go without talking about the other side. I mean, we're talking a lot of positives here, a lot of uh, interesting applications to the bring your own device or, or off the shelf or remote work uh, with IoT. What are some of the, the risks or, or downsides in, in working this way rather than with a more sort of uh, in-house system beyond the, the cost things and beyond the security considerations, because those are both sort of uh, givens, I think, that there's going to be different factors involved right. in the two choices. Beyond those and sort of operationally, what are some of the challenges that uh, an enterprise could expect to face? Well, I mean, a lot of our time and effort and energy is spent in, you know, making, you know, or, or, or manipulating devices that weren't necessarily designed to be workflow transformation tools in industrial settings into exactly that. 
And, uh, and I, I won't kid you, there, there are a lot of challenges uh, in taking an off-the-shelf device and having it operate in different ways with different power management schemes and having to talk to sensors and peripherals and that kind of stuff sure. to where it works. But, you know, that's why we've invested the time and effort to take care of that. And, and um, you know, because there, there's a huge embedded code, uh, you know, investment there to really make that a reality. And, and, it, and, it, and it varies, you know, it varies by iOS devices versus Android devices and even devices within OSs as well. Even devices, I'd say, within a given manufacturer's implementation thereof. So, yeah. you know, so there, there are, you know, there are, there are challenges there, but you know, hopefully we minimize those and we, you know, kind of mitigated those by, you know, investing the time and effort to to make that as seamless as possible. Well, uh, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to push a little harder on you. What are some of those challenges? What are uh, uh, what are some of the things that that you guys have been working against? I mean, is it as simple as I've got friends who it doesn't matter uh, how secure they wrap their cell phone up, it could be bubble wrap, and they drop that thing six times a day and eventually shatter it. So, is it as simple as overcoming that, or right. are there are there you know code problems? You know, the, the it seems like every mobile device reaches the end of its life in about 18 months and stops functioning as well. So is there a, a really fast uh-huh. turnaround on some of these items that you have to upgrade quickly? And, and what are some of the other like specific challenges that you're facing? Well, uh, actually, you know, the dropping of the devices in the shock box, that's probably the easy one to fix. <laughs> that, that's not a big deal. You know, you know it, that's just a physical, mechanical engineering problem, okay? And, you know, with a, po- a partner like we have, in this case with OtterBox, They've well solved that issue, so that's that's not a that's not a big deal. I'm talking about like you know how you know iOS works with like barcode scanners versus how Android works with barcode scanners, and what's permitted you know for MF, you know made for I, iPhone and iPad kind mm-hmm. of implementations versus what's left you know much more free for, form in the Android space. You know, there's a lot more flexibility on the Android space in terms of the things that can be done, the way that we talk to devices, communicate with them, the kinds of interfaces we do with them, and so forth. Not so much on iOS, but the, the good side, you know, the upside of iOS is it's consistent. It's very, very consistent. Sure. And, you know, and, but, you know, remember, remember, though, these devices originally were designed to be consumer devices, you know, as a slave, not really a host. So they yeah. weren't necessarily designed to, you know, power peripherals and access sensors and all, all that kind of thing, which is why, you know, we, we spent the time and effort of, you know, having a fairly sophisticated solution with its own microprocessor, with its own architecture, to really kind of alleviate that issue. Okay. You know, so there, those, those are just the challenges to be aware of. I mean, it, it's, it's not as simple as like a Mobi device where you plug on an extra battery and you press a button and you basically... You know, no microprocessor, no smarts whatsoever, and you just are simulating it being plugged in the wall. It's not. It's not like that. Okay. You know, it's like you know, understanding the power uh, requirements of sensors that have different sense, uh, sampling rates, peripherals that can be very high power intensive. You know, and then you know, managing that with the host power. Um, you know, in the in the device itself versus the auxiliary peripherals and so forth. So, so those are just some of the challenges that sure. that that you can you can experience. So. Um, I'm I'm interested in the sort of user experience side of this because I mean, if we're generally speaking talking about field service technicians and uh, uh, you know workers in manufacturing plants or fleet uh, drivers, that kind of thing. 
um, these folks have an expertise and and they're very good at that but it's almost never in code or using uh, uh, using a, a mobile device so what's the user experience like is it a simple app interface to them or is there something a little more complex than that it, it always boils, in our world it almost always boils down to an app you know there, there's always you know, uh, you know, and there's a whole set of you know very, very good companies today. You know, with digital forms applications, for example, that you know are very open and tailorable. You know, on both the Android side as well as the iOS side. You know, and being able to create very tailored user experiences. You know, with existing you know template-based applications. So, so I, you know, that that problem I think has largely been solved in a, in a, in a big way. And, and by the way, those are the same apps that would also work with a dedicated device as well. So it's not it's not like sure. it's really yeah. necessarily off to the hardware and so forth. So. Yeah, um, we're uh, we're starting to get near the end of our time here, Dennis. So I want to sort of open the floor up to you here. And is there something we haven't talked about yet in sort of the the world of off the shelf devices for IoT or? In larger sense, enterprises looking to um, uh, field solutions in non-traditional ways. Well, I, that you, that you one, one, one area that I think we touched upon a little bit, but you know, is a trend that I think uh, your audience needs to be aware of is you know, field services is a very large and dynamic market. It's been there for years, decades, and continues to grow and evolve and so forth. But the big trend that we're seeing is. The, the change and the shift in investment from what used to be very much route optimization, you know, just kind of getting assets and employees to the site you know, in the most efficient way possible to the last mile and on-site kind of premise in the work that they're doing there. Because what's been found, and there's been a number of studies that have been released in like the last year or two years about this, that, that the, the big... Um, your hit that people get to productivity is when they're on the site. And the you know, last thing they want to do is have to repeat a visit or have an unsuccessful visit or have the wrong data, the wrong information, all that kind of thing. And so you, you'll see a general shift that's going on. And that's a really neat opportunity for IoT because you know, it allows the real-time capture of environmental data and so forth right there, right now, on site to make the right decisions and take the right actions. And so I think that's, that's something that you're going to hear a lot about. You know, we're just starting to hear some of that now, and you're going to hear a lot about that in the next, I'd say, 24, 36 months. And hopefully we'll be at the, at the center of that conversation as well. But, but that's, that's a key area, you know, is that it's not just about getting the employee there. It's about what they do once they're there. Sure. And getting them out successfully. That's yeah. the key part. Um, and I think it's also going to be, if not yet maybe, but – going to be important to talk about how we can use these devices to move beyond efficiencies, you know, and into new profit centers and, and um, new sources of revenue to monetize against these IoT solutions because the, the, mm -hmm. the efficiency is great and, and there's always room for improvement there. But as we reach toward the goal of ubiquity with IoT, I think it's important to talk about how we're going to find new business models. You know, a lot of folks are trying the as a service model to to figure out if that's a way to to get more people involved. And 
Uh, I'm not entirely sold on it because I think that it's sort of got a ceiling in terms of how much service folks are willing to pay for to enough vendors. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think that there's something to be said for uh, a more back-and-forth business, more intertwinement with partners in this IoT world that allows both to sort of get a win and more collaborative rather than competitive uh, partnership relationships. Uh, do do you mm-hmm. see any sort of development along those lines yet where, where you guys are talking, or is it sort of still a little far away from that, still working on efficiency stuff? Now, there, there, there's going to be, I mean, you'll see announcements coming here in uh, calendar year Q4 of this month, of this year, you know, from our partners specifically that are completely ROI-based models with service-based pricing schemes. Uh, and, and, and specifically where, where I see that being really interesting, I mean, it's certainly interesting for the large organizations. There's no question about that. But, but also for small, medium enterprise, it's really interesting. Uh, because these are the organizations that don't have the sophisticated IT staff capabilities, mm-hmm. deployment resources to really throw at issues like that. And so, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of interest by those kinds of organizations that, that basically just say, I need an ROI. I mean, show me how deploying these devices, what's the business case, and then tie your success to that business case. Right. And, uh, and I think, I think that, that's a really interesting thing. That's, that's the kind of, you know, interesting business model for the 50-truck HVAC fair shot, you know, because mm-hmm. they don't have the time, the energy, the effort to go and research a bunch of solutions and with the hope that it might work. You know, they, 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 they've got to have a real buy-in between what, what they're willing to commit in terms of an investment and the return that they're going to get out of it. Yeah. Um, uh, Dennis, this is a, a great conversation. I'm sure we can keep talking for, for hours, but as we reach the end of our time today, where can folks find out more about you and, and more about Mobilist Tech? Um, best places to go online uh, on uh, our website, which is Mobilist Tech, that's M-O-B-E-L-I-S-K, com, And uh, I invite you, there's a number of videos on that site that even show use cases, you know, show real field service use cases using our devices, and again, with commercial off-the-shelf products and seven IoT sensors built right into it. So that, that, that's a really good place to explore and kind of understand more about this. And then, of course, we welcome any inquiries through, through those veins. So. Of course. And folks, you can, find, uh, you can find the link to that uh, in the show notes. Um, uh, with this episode. As we as we start to wrap up, I invite you to uh, please hit subscribe on uh, Real World IoT powered by 151 Advisors. Uh, with uh, every subscription, it's more likely that uh, your favorite platform will help promote our show and, and get some more uh, folks listening. Uh, also, please uh, leave us a rating or review on SoundCloud or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to uh, this po- this episode and, and the whole show. Uh, we'd uh, love to hear your thoughts and, and help guide uh, the direction that we take. So please uh, subscribe and, and leave us your reviews. We'd love to have those. And uh, Dennis uh, Heyman, thank you so much for being my guest today. This has been a great, great discussion. Thanks, Ken. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. I have been Ken Briota, your host. Well, folks, thank you for listening to this episode of Real World IoT, powered by 151 Advisors. Make sure you go online to check out more content on how you can monetize the connected world at 151advisors.com. That's 151advisors.com.
com for all the information and content like this podcast that will help you power your business and monetize your business into the next phase of the IoT. Thank you again for listening to Real World IoT, powered by 151 Advisors. I am your host, Ken Briota, signing off. See you next time.